later, the later stage of parenting is longer, but it's what you guys are doing now that will set you up for what that longer stage of parenting looks like. Yeah. And trust me, you want it to be relationally connected and, yeah. and, and rich. Well, hello, dads. Welcome again to the Dad Nation podcast. This is part two of our December 2023 uh, conversation. We uh, started uh, this conversation about the coaching years of, of parenting uh, based on a conversation that we're getting from the book Parenting by Andy and Sandra Stanley, uh, which is... Uh, the resource that we use, the Dad Camp, yes. this this past season. So, if you're just a first time listener, I'd go back one episode, and so that you can kind of pick up this conversation where mm-hmm. uh, from the start to where we're going to jump in uh, again. But this is uh, this is again, if you're a first time listener, this is an extension of a ministry called Dad Camp. So, go to dadcamp.org if you want to know more about the roots of where this podcast is coming from and who we are, but we are on mission to build stronger fathers who build stronger families. We, we've we been doing this since 2006. We create uh, father-child experiences uh, where we pour into dads and uh, where then we believe then dads are going to pour into their families. And we've uh, just seen how God uh, has used this strategy and used these environments that uh, we've created to to do some just incredible transformational work in the hearts of fathers over these years, and uh, we've been blessed now to um, to be able to uh, you know take Dad Camp to twelve countries um, around the world, and um, this year we did over a hundred events, uh, I think close to ten thousand guests, and so wow. we're just celebrating. Uh, celebrating that, but we created this this podcast just as a way to encourage dads on a month to month basis through conversations that my friend uh, Matt and I have, um, and so uh, thankful to have Matt back in the house again for uh, this month's programming and yes. conversations. And so, uh, Matt, before we jump back into this conversation about the coaching years, you had a question of the day. Yeah. I'm going to take over the, usually you ask me the yes. question of the day. So I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to take over today and I'll, uh, I will say mine's a little bit heavier than, than most of the questions okay. of the day, but it's, it's the one that popped in my no. head. So, um, the, the question of the day is going to be, if you could ensure one thing for your kids, what would it be? And you and it can be it can be different for each, you know, it can be different for your son versus your daughters. But uh, God basically comes to you and says, "Okay, I'll give you one thing. You can absolutely ensure that this will be true of your child's life. You, you let me know what it is. It's a good thing. I'll make it happen. Like, what would you choose?" Yeah, that was that's really light, Matt. Um, <laughs> I asked you about what sports figure you'd like to be last month, and you're, uh, you know, just my, my instinctive response is that um, I feel like God has surprised me with an adventure in life that I never ever could have scripted or thought of. Mm. And it's been incredible, like the the opportunities that God has given me in this adventure of ministry. Um, again, I'm just I 
And so I guess I would say if my kids could have, um, if God would ensure with them a similar adventure of, of as they follow him, yeah, to that he would provide them with an adventure that they could never, they're not dreaming in their wildest dreams or right. scripting. Like it just is like, whoa, like did not see this God coming sized. in my life. Yeah. What an adventure. Yeah. That's awesome. I like that. That's a great answer. Um, yeah, for me, um, it, it probably falls somewhat in a similar, similar way, but I just, I, I would, I would say I would ensure that they have a, a true relationship and saving faith in Christ. Um, that they would all three be true disciples of Christ, mm-hmm. loving, loving Jesus, loving the Lord, hearing from him and obeying him. It's kind of my umbrella type of, of thing for them that if, if that happens, I'm trusting that everything else falls into place pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. And what else really matters? Yeah. You know, yeah. whatever that looks like, is that that's there. I mean, bye. Yep. There it is. The heavy question of the day. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. So we were like just, our goal last episode was to get through the coaching years, and uh, mm. we we led into starting to talk about it. And there's three main kind of ideas that are kind of brought to the surface here as a way to challenge us as fathers as to uh, parent through the the coaching years. And the big overarching theme is this is a season of parenting where we are connecting over correcting we're that's a big shift big shift connecting over correcting so then how do we do that how do we how do we implement that to to create that culture of connection in our homes um and uh there are three kind of uh tools that were offered or strategies uh and we got into the first one and then we're like man we are we're well into where we need to be time-wise. So let's, let's, let's go to part two of this. So that's yeah. where we're jumping. So yeah. the three things were uh, cultivating constant conversations, uh, don't bail, let them fail, mm-hmm. and get interested in what interests them. Yes. And we talked about the cultivating the constant conversations. And so let's start this episode or conversation with this idea of don't bail let him fail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Um, I got a few here. Yeah, it, it's funny. I was reading. Uh, was reading this out loud. Uh, Jamie and I were going through this last night, and when we were reading the the, the story, uh, Sandra tells a story of a of a friend of hers who has children in a private school that's a little bit of a distance from their home. Yeah. Okay. And how it's that. like you forget something. Mom's not just going to bring it to school. Like it's it's a pretty significant inconvenience. I read this, and my wife says, "Oh, I'm going to make the podcast tomorrow," because this is a classic thing for her. Is um, you know, I got to make sure that that the kids didn't miss anything. And anytime any of them would forget, for whatever reason, Ryan, our oldest, is really, really responsible, always had everything in check. Like I can't remember one instance where she went to school without what she needed. Um, my boy's totally different, uh, all the time. My, my oldest going to school, he plays the French horn, he plays the flute. He doesn't have his instruments. 
it's band day. Uh, <laughs> so that's a major miss. Major miss. Like, hey. like you, yeah, you can't you can't fake <laughs> not having the instrument. So I've been pretty strong in the fact that I'm like, yeah, you just have to f- do without. Like the painful consequence will probably stimulate you to forget less and less to the point that you stop forgetting. My wife, just like intellectually, she understands that and believes that's true. Can't do it. But her mama heart, like, can't do it. <laughs> this is ex- exact same scenario as can't, my house. Can't do it, man. So we're just having this thing. My son has practice, basketball practice before school every day, 6 to 7.30. And, and she goes and sits there with while he's in practice for 90 minutes because she doesn't want him to come out of the gym and forget something. that Because he, he practices in a gym at a different location than where his school is. And... I'm seeing this tire her out. She's not a morning person. She's up at five in the morning doing this. And and I took that, took that off of her plate today, but I came home saying there's other, I'm finding, I just found out a couple days ago, there's other people that he can ride with. There's, there's a coach that says, Oh, I got room in my vehicle. We make sure like, so I came home today and said, yeah, you got to stop. That was like divine intervention that we read that last night. And, and she's like, you're going to you're gonna tell the story about me on the podcast, aren't you? I said, absolutely. So you know ahead of time. So you're not surprised when you hear it. Um, so yeah, we we are different in those those aspects for sure. What about yeah. you and Bridget? Bridget, we that was actually this morning's conversation too. It's, it's like really the only thing I, I really probably was guilty of is, you know, forgetting a book, forgetting whatever, lunch, you know, something yeah. and her taking it out and, and making sure that her little babies were, 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 were okay. That's right. That's and I'm right. like, Hey, you know, if they go hungry today, they may not go hungry tomorrow yep. because they're not going to forget. It's, it's a like, good stimulus to remember. Nope. She could not, you know, so, you know, just lit like so little stuff. Um, but you know, we as we were talking about that, um, because I would say, holistically in our culture i'm not going to speak outside of our american culture because i'm not they don't live in other countries but i'd say the last this last generation we as parents are very guilty holistically Mm -hmm. of this thing Mm. we we don't let our kids fail we are saving the day and if they do fail there's this well it's not their fault you know because yeah. my kid's a hero yeah. and my like um and like this is the uh, this is the participation trophy generation <laughs> yeah. like no there's no failing they didn't get last place right. they didn't lose the they game they were on the team they they didn't yeah that's a success you know, that's a if, win if they're not playing there's the parents stepping in and my kids you know the next Peyton Manning, like what? Mm-hmm. There's 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 something in here where I feel like for whatever reason our generation has this in this area we've struggled yeah. in letting our kids deal with adversity, and I I see in this next generation I see less grit, mm-hmm. I see less I see more entitlement, I see a lack of owning up to personal responsibility mm-hmm. where you've made choices and owning up to like, yep, that was my bad. That's my, like, it's always blame. It's not me. It's them. Yeah. You know, we're living in a world where of social media, they're throwing arrows at each other. There's no, there's no person, like, there's just, I, it frustrates me as yeah. you can probably sense in my voice right yeah. now. There's a lack of conflict resolution mm-hmm. in that culture mm-hmm. because they've, 
it's never their fault. Like, or mom and dad always to step in and solve, solve the problems. And yeah. so I think we've struggled here as parents in, in, in the problem is what, what, you know, the Andy and Sandra point out is not letting our kids fail when the consequences are much less mm-hmm. is so harmful because if we don't teach them consequences now and, 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 and they, and they fail inside of our home and they fail when the, like I said, the choices aren't, it's not that big of a deal. Like forget my lunch or like little things or right. that lead or bigger things. Right. But if we keep bailing them out, you know, they talk about the story of, of a family that, that was very guilty of, of this. Yeah. And then there came the day when, yeah, their son's selling drugs in the parking lot at school and suddenly you can't bail them anymore. Right. And there's jail time or there's, there's consequences that can be fatal. There's, I mean, there's like, I, I know I could this. I'm I'm going extreme here, but it really does set the precedent. When, when it does. we when we You're don't right. set them up, if we don't allow them to fail, um, they, uh, we're we're doing our kids a disservice. I You're think right. is kind of how, and and as we as my wife and I talked about this this morning, I think though, we actually I would say def- would define our parenting journey. A lot in the way of like we were really both pretty consistent with choice, consequence, mm-hmm. choice, consequence. From when they were little, like three years old, for choice, consequence. Yeah, training years, choice, consequence. So when our kids got to this stage, when they're teenagers and they're on more on their own and more making those choices, thankfully, I feel like thankfully our kids we're thinking, well, choice, consequence. Right. And thankfully, um, there wasn't, there weren't too many moments of failure that we had to walk through with them. Mm -hmm. But I think it's because we, I think, did a, not to pat myself on the back, but did a decent job of teaching our kids understanding that with every choice comes a consequence, good, good and bad and everything and and everything, uh, in between, and again, not trying to say our kids were perfect. They made they made mistakes, just like we made mistakes as parents. And um, but um, we thankfully were, there was a lot less drama and hurt and the burdens of consequences that we had to deal with. That I saw a lot of my friends and families and kids dealing with. Mm-hmm. And I think some of that goes back to this. Don't bail, let them fail. I think we kind of won in this area. But I think holistically, being in the dad camp world and being around families, yeah. I think we struggle here. Yeah, our culture's had a shift there. Uh, yeah, honestly, like I, I did a really poor job of this with my oldest, with my daughter. Um, I had this idea that I was kind of like her knight in shining armor. You know, dad's going to protect you from mm-hmm. everything. Nothing will hurt you physically, emotionally, in any way, shape, or form always coming to her defense and rarely, if ever, letting her navigate uncomfortable or difficult situations on her own. And so, man, I, I really hurt her in that In that, as, as she was coming out of those, those later teenage years into early adulthood. Like you said, resilience. She lacked it significantly. You know, something she didn't have a grit to kind of push through when something was difficult – when things became hard, she would just kind of crumble. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm, I can't do it. Um, and so I, I didn't realize how I had 
injured or handicapped her until it came to that and some some counseling and some thinking back through, what did I do wrong? Why is she not able to, oh, okay, I, I didn't even allow her the opportunity to experience these things. And now she's 18, 19, 20, and experiencing those for the first time and doesn't have the tools in her tool belt to know what to do or deal with them. Now she's, she's 23 going on, on 24, and she started to figure those things out, but it's taken counseling. It's taken some 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 other tools that I didn't allow her to develop as her dad. Yeah. Um, and so I think in all situations, we look back and go, ah, oh, man, I missed the mark on that one. You know, yeah. I didn't do well yeah. on that one. I experienced this too. I, I did uh, one year I, I taught um, in a college class. And um, I just, I'll never forget, like, so um, half, this was a, such a crazy grade scenario, the way that the grades that I gave out to my students played out had about 30 students in this class and about half of them got an A. So it was very possible like in my class to get an A. Yeah. To get the highest level of achievement you could get it. But about almost half my class got a D or an F. Hmm. There were no Bs, Cs, nothing in the middle. No. Hmm. And it was so I was like, first of all, I was like, I hated, like, I was like, man, I feel bad about giving all these failing grades. But at the same time, I was like, but I'm giving a lot of A grades. Right. So what, what is happening here? And then the response of the failing students towards me as a professor, you're ridiculous. Like, it's impossible to, like, your, it's your, your, fault. your expectations are not <laughs> even possible. It's, my, it's your fault. You're a bad teacher. Um, I had one come to me directly and was like, you know, that I, that I, on the final exam, we went through it line by line by line. And these are like 20 or 20 something. Sure. We went through it line by line by, and actually this particular person was probably closer to 30 and brought their husband and we went through, and it got to the end, and I was like, where do you want me to give you more points? Like, I've explained every single answer. We've looked at your answers. Like, where can I change your grade? Yeah. And her husband was actually sitting there. I could tell really uncomfortable because he was like, I know he was like, he's right. Like, yeah, you just like, because she was in there like, you're ridiculous. There's no way I got an F on this test. Da da da. But it, it just, took me back like to this whole thing mm-hmm. of like um it was you know this lack of owning up to like you know what i just didn't work hard or i didn't didn't put you know it was like i said very possible to get an yeah. a it wasn't that yeah. so but anyway this is an example for me of the difference in our culture today and you know and then the blame and the the negative feedback that i got as a as a professor and so man i feel it for out there these days with teachers and like the, oh, so it's just a different day like it is it's never the kids fault no nope. parents are like coming at them and like yeah so i i taught one semester and was like i'm done <laughs> don't <laughs> like this environment because when i got back to that and the, the pay that they paid me i'm like i'm making less than minimum wage to teach this college class and no thanks and have people but, blame me for their failure <laughs> so but yeah just a, another way of thinking this don't bail out so let's finish this with like uh i pulled, wanted to pull a quote she said here's what i learned providing a buffer between our kids and the natural consequences they should experience is a gross disservice to them mm-hmm. 
Don't go rushing to the school with every forgotten assignment or lunch. <laughs> hey, wives. <laughs> oh, anyway, don't have a conversation with the parent of the kid your kid had a run-in with. Let them start figuring that stuff out. Guide them, encourage them, and even comfort them through it. But don't deprive them of their chance to learn from their mistake. Yep. Truth. Truth. Hard, but truth. All right. So that's uh, don't bail, let them fail. So we have cultivate constant conversations. Don't bail, let them fail. And then lastly, get interested in what interests them. Mm-hmm. Um, this was I, I thankful. I think, though, like easier for me in my experience because all of my kids enjoyed the sporting world and like the activities they like to participate in were, were kind of sports driven and I'm sports driven. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't difficult for me to get interested in what interested them because I already had the interest. And so I know that's not the case for, uh, even in, even Andy Stanley's example right. was like his boys love sports and he really he didn't. Sports, and so he had right. to find, find that connection in, inside yeah. of that. Um, but, um, real quickly, and I'll let you jump in here. While don't bail, let them fail, I think is holistically in our generation of parenting, of parents in America, we're poor at that. This is where I think, as my observation goes, you can you can weigh in on this. Yeah, we've actually overcompensated, and maybe we are pretty good at this, almost to a fault. Mm. Um, and here's what I mean by that: what I'm witnessing in a lot of kids is. Parents are getting them into five things at the same time, mm. like to the point where we are running around because our kids' activities, the things that we're signing them up for, are completely dominating our lives, dominating yeah. our schedules. And it's there's some kind of overcompensation about like like we feel like, well, if my kid's not in these three things like my friend's kids are in, then I'm being a bad parent or there's this parent guilt that we're yeah. comparing each other. But meanwhile, our kids are like, I'm exhausted. Mm. I am like, like, can I just stay at home and just like chill? Like, like right. I, I've seen like, you know, well, tomorrow's volleyball practice and the next day is basketball practice and the next day we're back to volleyball practice. And then I've got, it's just, and then you got three kids and it's we're just much. going crazy. And so we, we, we are showing interest or trying to give our kids experiences, but it's almost like we've gone overboard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thoughts. Yeah, we over scheduling, man, and doing. Um, we we had this battle because uh, when all three children were were in our household, we just had to we had to make a rule of like each one of you can do one thing at a time, yep. literally one thing. That. Like it can't be guitar lessons and track. Yep. It's got to be like one either or. We had that rule too, um, because you're you're dealing with three children. Yep, three sets of practices. And there's two of you, two of us, <laughs> and then you got soccer, track, and basketball all going on through the week, and it's just like it's too much. So it's like, when do we sit? And down there's and, still family life. There's still family and life. Like school. We, we're not and, having meals together. Yep. We're eating McDonald's on the road, yep. and like we're separated. And okay, you go to his game. I'll so go what to value. Are we her practice? Are we gaining here? Right. What are we and teaching so, our kids? And you said like, well, we're depriving our kids. I mean, we had literally. Other parents be like, well, you're not letting them do this. You're not letting them do that. Yeah. Like, 
No, we think they're going to get more value out of sitting around the dinner table and talking to us than doing another sport yep. or doing another activity. So, um, yeah, I agree with you 100% on that. The interest thing, too, like what, what does it gain you to do all these things for like volleyball and travel and go all these places over the weekend? And then what does it really gain your child? Like are they going to be a professional volleyball player? Are they going to get a D1 scholarship? Are they going to – like? Those things are so low, statistically speaking, the chances that I just don't think that's a great return on investment. Um, another thing I saw about the interest here, uh, it, it said about interest, and it might just be the thing that launches them into a forever hobby or even a career. And my note there was, or it could just be the flavor of the month. <laughs> so like, I got interested in a lot of things, uh, especially with Braden that it lasted for maybe a few months. Like, this was the thing. Mm -hmm. I remember the Rubik's Cube was the thing. My son learned these algorithms on Rubik's Cubes. He could solve a 3 by 3 Rubik's Cube in less than five seconds. Sheesh. He could solve a 4 by 4 in less than 12 seconds. It was like, he, and it was cool it was to see him get interested in it. We talked about going to these competitions. We watched some of them online. And honestly, I have no interest in Rubik's Cubes. I haven't ever and didn't when he was into it and don't now, but because it was his interest, I was all in with him. Yep. My youngest, he he played football for a couple of years. He said he was didn't want to play anymore. And he was really like thought that that was going to be devastating news to me. And I, I said, son, I, I love you if you never play a sport again. Like my love for you and interest in you, I like you as a person. And yeah, I love the game of football and we can share that together, but – if you come to me and say, Dad, I'm really, I want to build model trains, like that's my passion right now, then you and I will build model trains together, even though I have no interest in it. It's just I want to engage in an activity. And you said you learned with, with Cole, you know, as we're doing the activity, that's where the conversation comes. Correct. So I think that's where joining in these interests really can have some fruitful So I think value. you're speaking to the big idea here. While I think we've I was suggesting we've overcompensated in ways. Um, the big idea, though, is to sh you know to, to to when you're showing that interest and what interests them is you're building relationship and you're showing to your child like you matter hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. um, and while I might, as a dad or we as a family, might create some boundaries into the amount of things or activities that we're doing because right. we want to have balance. I'm still going to focus on that thing that you're doing isn't my thing. It's the thing, like this thing that brings you joy and right. brings you energy. And whether it's the flavor of the month or whether it's something that grows into something bigger, mm -hmm. that's to, that's, we'll, we'll wait, that'll, that'll be to, to be determined. But the right. important thing is I'm going to, I'm going to find out what interests you and I'm going to engage uh, in that with you. Sure. Um, so I think that's the, and then what you just said is what I actually had in my notes, which you have no idea what's in my notes, but is, you know, as we're, that these things that our kids don't sense that my performance in this activity that I'm doing uh, is like becomes my, ex, you know, my acceptance level yeah. for my parents, like yeah. how I do determines whether my dad is proud of me or not or whether I'm you know whether he's excited about who I am or not but and it, it's next no it's like like I just had a guy tell me uh, I had a lunch with a guy just the other day 
And he says, you know, I've, what I learned at dad camp this year and what I've been saying to him ever since is, and I try to even say it every day, he's like, I'm proud of you because you're my son. Mm. Period. Period. Not, hey, you got an A in your math test today. I'm proud of you. Right. You, you know, scored a touchdown in the football game. I'm proud of you. While I am proud of you, and I will say proud of you for those things, yeah. I'm just proud of you because you're my son. Yep. And that is exactly the model of the heavenly father. Amen. When he said to Jesus before Jesus entered his mission and ministry, he was just, you know, a man on earth that was 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 growing and developing and when he got baptized when that's when God said, you know, this is my son. Yeah. And I love him and I'm pleased. Dearly loved and I'm pleased with him. He hadn't done anything yet. Right. That we like we know nothing that we know of, yeah. we know of to that yeah. point that there was re- like there wasn't any performance or because you did this Jesus I'm telling the world that I'm proud of you. Right. It's no. Hey, everybody. That's him. That's my son. It's my guy. Yeah. And I'm proud of him. And that's yep. that's the beauty of this is like, don't let you know your kids sense that their their acceptance, their identity is found, you know, in these things. Yeah. Um, Great. Point. But uh, but yeah, just wanted to remember that. So those three things: connect, overcorrect. That's how we like thrive in. The coaching years, you know, let our let let them go, let them get on the field, let them stumble, let them get their knees scraped, you know, let them lose, let them win, let them let them thrive, let them you know, let them def- be defeated, like and stand out there and keep coaching them, keep encouraging them, pull them off every once in a while and say, hey, mm-hmm. you know, let's run a different play here, let's 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 change that play, that play's not working real well. Yeah. Now get back on the field, run that, run a new play. But I'm yep. and I'm gonna, you know, but I'm here and I'm, you know, you're present, but you're not holding their hand. And yeah. um, these are the three things that were encouraging for us as we learn them in this book. And then let's finish this convo with uh, this shift to the friendship years. Yeah. Um, that's kind of this eighteen and on kind of stage of parenting, and uh, you and I both have entered that with um, our kids. Um, all three of mine are there. You got a few, and, um, and you know, they talk about the friendship years, and this is kind of brings back their parenting yet, that at this stage of life, when your kids move out from out, outside, outside of your roof, and they're they're on their own, they're either, maybe they're off to college, but, or they're becoming, they're, li- you know, they're, they're, getting their career started, they're getting married, they're raising their own families, that this is a season, though, that they're still choosing to be with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they told a, a story of when they were writing this book, the church actually interviewed their kids because right. they wanted to kind of validate the, some stories and see, like, <laughs> yeah, this how true? was it truly from their perspective? Right. And then after they were... They had the church had done interviewing them and doing that process. They were the kids were like, "Hey, well, we're just enjoying being together. Let's just go out and hang out tonight." And um, and when 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 Andy and Sandra heard that story, they just it says they said it was the deepest kind of joy, mm-hmm. um, seeing our kids just love each other and choose each other. Yeah, and um, it took me straight to a recent experience in my life. Um, my daughter, my youngest daughter is in pharmacy school down in Alabama and mm-hmm. she had her white coat ceremony. Yeah. And, you know, that's my, as soon as we knew about it, Bridget and I had it on our calendar. It was never, you know, there was a non-negotiable. We were going to be there as mom and dad, but I had no idea 
It wasn't something we said to our other kids. You need to go to this. You need to participate in this. You know, our one daughter's up in Michigan, has a job. You know, our son is married and has his, you know, has a life, you know. They have their own working schedules and all that. But as we were, you know, getting ready to for this to head down and planning this, both my son and my daughter told, you know, us, hey, we're we're going too. We're going down yeah. and we're gonna celebrate with her. Yeah. And I was like, you know, getting emotional, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just talking about it. But it was it was such a joyful um you know, just to go down together. We we so travel down together. My my in laws went to grandpa and grandma, um, and just to go celebrate hope and just. Yeah. But it was so rich for me to just be like, my son and my other daughter chose on their own to go love their sister. Right. They didn't to, have to. No. And my my youngest would have would have been totally okay with her. But right. totally, she would have totally understood. Like, hey, you've got jobs. You've got, you know, it's okay. Yeah. But it meant so much to her mm-hmm. when they were there. And, Absolutely. You know, we were all a couple of days just, you know, you know, fellowshipping together and making memories and laughing. Um, and this is what I want to encourage you if you're, you know, as you're listening. Um, man, if you go to school on these training years and coaching years and discipline years, it, it'll lead to this 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 season of life that is so rich mm-hmm. and i'm just like like do it because what i'm experiencing now to see my kids love each other want to be with each other inviting us into their lives mm-hmm. and sharing it with them we're still talking about okay well when we all start having kids and getting married like we all like how are we going to be together and how are we going to like you know that's the desire that our right. our kids are having and they want grandpa and grandma and mom and dad like they want us to be a part of that like mm-hmm. and it brings us the deepest of joy it does um it it's, does. it's so worth it so you know parent with that in mind yeah yeah <laughs> like parent with that in mind so yeah. that when your kids leave the house they're not like oh thank the lord i'm out of the house like yeah. done with with that you know um it's, and it makes me think so, that that emotion that i'm seeing from you right now what you're feeling that 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 joy that brings like tears to your eyes when you see that with your children, that's a, a perfect reflection of the way our Heavenly Father looks down at us as His children and, and think about the joy that He feels when He sees us wanting to be around each other, getting along, being unified, loving one another, sacrificing for one another, serving one another. It just, that that's what this really brought to hmm. me, that... And I have that joy too. When I see the three of my my children, with two of them being kind of out of the house, it's over the holidays, but they're in the living room just laughing hysterically. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember when you remember yeah. when Dad did that? Yeah. Remember when you did that? You know these stories and these memories they have together, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Hey, Dad, we're gonna go get smoothies. You want anything? Okay, we'll be back." And they're like, "It's an hour and a half," and I'm like, "The place is like ten minutes away," but they're just out <laughs> jacking around, having fun together, and it just yeah. It, it makes brings your this heart. joy into your heart, right? Ugh. Like you feel full. And I, and I think, because often I've thought, you know, God, you could just do all this stuff. Like you're the God of the universe. Like why are you using all of us imperfect, you know, people 
you save us and then you're carrying out the plans through us and we mess it up pretty bad because we're human and you knew that was going to happen. And it's like, yeah, there's this joy in my heart for when you become my children and, and, and brought into my family through faith in Christ. And then I get to watch you guys do it. Like, I just feel like as, as dads, when we see that, we feel that, what you're feeling when you see your kids like that, that's what the Heavenly Father is feeling when he sees us. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Uh, and I'll say the challenge of being a dad right now is you still want to revert back to the coaching years. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're still like, oh, they're still just figuring things out. And like, you know, especially with my, my son and his wife, like they got their first house and they're making financial decisions and and you're just like you want to like you want to like mm-hmm. offer advice or you want to step in but you if they're not you know but if you do it's often received as criticism of, yep. of how the choices are making and you don't want that you don't want yep. it because so you 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 know you want to just be you know supportive and you know and remember like they're like a peer now like they're making decisions that you're making mm-hmm. on every day they're paying bills they're they're thinking of their future just like you are and so it's it's you know think of how you would converse with your with a friend you know or you know right. a, a coworker like about these things like that's kind of how it's shifting yeah. but you have this you know this natural pull to want to like take back over and like, hey, you know, and, 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 and offer advice when it's not being asked for. And right. so that's the challenge. Um, yeah. We're trying to, you know, trying to work through that. But, um, but man, is it, is it, it's worth it to get to this place it of, of uh, where they're, you know, they want to do, do life with you. You know, my son, we coach together, you know, now, you know, now it's like, you know, he's a fellow coach. It's not, I'm coaching him. He's an equal, like, right. you know, he, uh, and that's different, but yeah. I love it. Um, we serve together. Uh, we're on mission together. He's in ministry. I'm in ministry. We're yeah. different ministries, but we're we're learning together. We're growing together, and we're and in you're a, getting to work in ministry with one of your daughters. Yeah. Like how and, awesome and, and is that? that? My daughter's working with with us now, so I yeah. get to work with her. Um, my son and I are in a discipleship group together now, Ooh, okay. and that's kind of that's 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 been fun. Um, yeah. My girls communicate with 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 their mom daily. Like it's it's a daily where she's always there's something I'm like she's that's bringing joy to her world like mm-hmm. where they're laughing about something and um and uh yeah it's just it's good and so you know that's just what I wanted to offer you know as as a dad that's entering these friendship years that go to school on these other years if you're in the if you're in the discipline years or the training years you know understand it you know invest 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 into it knowing that this later is longer idea, and we'll talk about that probably in future episodes, but this season of parenting that I'm in, guys, and that Matt's in now, mm-hmm. is longer than the season of parenting that you're in if your kids are still home under your roof. Right. Remember that. And I never thought about that until I read this book. Mm-hmm. Later, the later stage of parenting is longer, but it's what you guys are doing now that will set you up for what that longer stage of parenting looks like. Yeah. And trust me, you want it to be relationally connected and, yeah. and, and rich. So, so st- stay the course. Yes. Persevere. And the hard times, they feel like they last forever. You guys mentioned this on a previous podcast. They feel like they last forever. But again, what Jason is saying is so true is, is these, uh, these friendship years, these adult years, are, are going to be much longer than whatever sort of uncomfortable times or difficult times you go through in their earlier years. 
I got tons of other stories written out. I just wrote it down here, but I'm like, yep, we don't have time for that. This is good. So, all right, all right. Um, yeah, good stuff. Uh, we're gonna. I, I got a couple story dad camp stories. I know last episode I talked a, a quick story, a, a, a highlight from Uganda. Um, Kenya is absolutely. Um, we're in. It could be on the potential on the cusp of this explosive type of reach for for dad camp. And so be praying for for the country of Kenya and for our ministry there. Um, we have a new partner that I'm going to be going to meet with in February. Um, but uh, he's working alongside a Compassion International. I'm sure most of you have oh, heard of Compassion International, but yeah. um, but a huge area of influence that he is uh, overseeing. And he uh, has just discovered Dad Camp, and he's telling us, like, look, um, we want to come into a partnership where we want to expose and uh, Dad Camp to eighty to one hundred thousand fathers in our network. That we want to see Dad Camp go through. Wow, <laughs> exactly. And that's like it's hard to wrap my mind around that number. It's I still can't wrap my head around that number. Yeah. And so coming up here shortly in a couple of months, we're going to be going and starting to to pray about that and what does that look like. Um, but he's he truly believes that like this, he's going to mobile. He is ready and and desiring to mobilize that that sizable amount of guys. For to he goes they have to they have to hear the dad camp message yeah they have to yeah and so he goes we we're gonna we're gonna do it and so just be praying for that yes um, and then uh, you know I think um, we also mentioned Portugal and France coming out of there but um, really proud of our team in Portugal so if you're listening uh, we are so proud of you guys and uh, um, but uh, the Portugal team is just so excited about dad camp and so we we did an overnight event there our first overnight kind of event outside of the u.s uh that we'd done outside of ukraine we had done one but um uh and it was just phenomenal I had 39 dads come and seven of those 39 accepted christ um and th- all 39 gave a legacy promise to their kids that mm-hmm. was just powerful um so it was we're and then the doors opening. We had a guy, uh, a dad from Germany, come in, a, um, a camp director, um, and he's. We're in conversations now about bringing now dad camp to Germany. We had another connection from Brazil. We've got Argentina. I mean, it's just, just be praying, be be praying for for what we say yes to, what we can say yes to. Be praying that God would continue to use Dad Camp the way that He has, and so, yeah. well, um, just thankful. Yeah. Thankful. And these we, these stories, guys. This is this is why we do this. Like yep. the stories that Jason's sharing. You know, Dad Camp. It, it can be work. It can be hard. It can be frustrating. It comes with all the the same things that come with accomplishing anything. Yeah. Um, but we keep that at, at the forefront. Like, why are we doing this? It's those stories, those salvations, those legacies being changed. Um, and man, thank you to our dad camp army. Thank you to everyone who's committed to praying and giving and inviting and attending because, uh, you make this go, you make this go. And, uh, we wouldn't be reaching thousands of dads all over the planet without your support. So we appreciate that is you. 100% true. That was, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. It was not part of our plan, but, uh, but yes, that is 100% true. And, you know, this episode's coming out right before Christmas. So Merry Christmas. Yes. Uh, enjoy your families. Um, and again, if you are a Dad Camp Army member, um, and as you think about you know your generosity, 
uh, and your commitment to, to being a Dad Camp Army member and the ongoing mission of Dad Camp as we get to the end of the year. Um, if this might be another prompt of like, oh yeah, I gotta, um, I gotta honor that that commitment, that pledge. Just you know, knowing that these stories that we're telling are literally, as Matt said, happening because of you and your yes, support. Yes, um, we are sending resources and sending support to our connections there to do the ongoing work and you're hearing what is happening. Um, and, uh, so we are so thankful. So Merry Christmas. Uh, and, um, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. You have what it takes. So go do whatever it takes to be the strongest father that you can be. It's been an amazing year and we will see you and talk to you again in the new year, 20. 24. Yes. All right. Love you guys. Love you guys.